0: Oh, it's so clean in there.
1: This, no, this
0: if big, that's you know, the way it looks on a regular basis yeah. and if it doesn't
1: look Hi everybody and welcome to Why Bother, the podcast where we explore why creative makers bother doing <laughs> things the hard way. I'm your host Gareth Davies from Maker House and with us today is our guest Elizabeth Jacques from Woodchip Decor. You
0: just got me Liz, that's fine.
1: Okay, we don't need we'll to, keep going. We yeah, yeah. We're, we're all friends yeah. here. We're friends. All right, Liz Jacques from Woodchip to Court. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It's fun. We're excited to learn more about your business, your background, have some fun. Uh, let's get into it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So we're going to start with something we like to call bother, not bother. Okay. So you just get to answer those two things. Okay. Let's start with early mornings. Bother. Bother. You are a morning person. Yes. Okay. Then late nights.
0: No, that's not happening. Brain does not function.
1: (laughs) Not bother. Okay. Well, you're, you've been awake for 12 hours already. Yes. What about coffee?
0: No, never got a taste for it.
1: So you do early mornings with no coffee. So you're basically a superhuman.
0: (laughs) I guess. Sure. Why not?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a cape. There's a cape behind you. There's something back here. Uh, Then tea, I guess. Occasionally. Yes. Okay. That's
0: more for trying to fall to sleep. Okay. Like chamomile
1: tea. How about biking?
0: No, there's hills. I don't like hills.
1: And kayaking?
0: Yes. That's that's a bother. That's, that's a, bother.
1: a bother. Awesome. Yeah. Let's do gardening.
0: Yes, that is an obsession, not a hobby anymore. It's not not a just a bother. Obsession.
1: It is a full obsession. Oh, yes. Okay, we're gonna dig into that a bit more later. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> uh, so now we're gonna learn a bit more about your business, of course. Okay. You were in the construction industry for years before this. Yeah. Obviously you've always been handy working in renovations. Can you unpack that transition a little bit for us and feel free to talk about the projects you worked on before too? Uh
0: all okay. right. Well, I actually went to school for heritage carpentry at Algonquin in Perth. Um, So the idea was originally to go and do construction work on homes. So I've worked on old homes, I've worked on new homes, I've uh, worked in cabinet shops, all that kind of stuff, and yeah. I I loved it, and I still love it. I mean, we have a house; it's over 150 years old. It needs a lot of work, and I'm still going on it. But we knew about like we started transitioning about a little over five, six years ago that if we wanted to have a family, I couldn't be doing the long hours. And the thing is like, at the time I was also working in a cabinet shop and cabinet shops are great, but the amount of chemicals they use is not Mm. conducive to being pregnant, even even in the early stages. So we knew that I wanted to do something. I wanted to continue being hands-on, being a maker, doing something. And I'd been doing crafts and stuff like this for years with my mom. So I wanted to do
1: Something like this, something where
0: I could make something and be at home, have a shop on our property. So when we bought our property, we bought one with some sort of a a building that took five months. So before I could actually use it because it was falling down, but that's a different thing. That's not
1: bad actually for a renovation project. Five months. uh, There's five months to get
0: usable. It's still not technically done. Yeah but it's usable. So, uh, but yeah, that was the idea. to so find a place where we could have the shop set up in the backyard. Cause then I could do things like what I do now, where I do like kind of split days. I have half, like I do some paperwork in the morning and then do some shop time. And then I can plan it out that, um, some of the shop stuff I can do with my daughter in the shop with us yeah. or with me, if I'm be painting or if I'm going to be running the laser, that kind of stuff, I can, I can do that with what she's in there, but I can't sand things. I can't spray clear coats, all right. that kind of stuff. So it's, it's planning that out, but having the shop in the backyard, having this business allows me to still do something similar to what I love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but also have her with me all the time.
1: Yeah. So you're a great planner. A lot of people stumble into entrepreneurship. You were like laser focused. I
0: mean, a laser focused on the end goal, not necessarily laser focused on how to run a business. That that's still a learning process right? In general, and but
1: not to mention the curveballs that come with, you know, COVID yes. and yeah, let's, let's just
0: throw this over here and throw this over here and okay, we'll figure coaster. it out. We go. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we, cause like we, yes, you can still obviously still have to do construction and have kids and all that kind of stuff, but we didn't. We wanted to have her home. We didn't want to do um, daycare and stuff like that. Because when I was growing up, my that's what, what my mom did. My mom sewed, um, Not she didn't have a business, but she sewed for other businesses. Yeah. And so she was able to be home with me. Um, Amazing. while I was, while I was little and all that kind of stuff, but still have her own thing going.
1: Yeah. What a great balance if you can strike mm-hmm. it. And again, not for everybody. Some people prefer that separation. Yeah. Um, but I know as an entrepreneur myself, I love that balance as long as you're keeping up with, with work, obviously, because yeah. you got to pay the bills. Yes. Um, and it, it did take you some time to get over the hump to where you were full-time, in yeah, woodchip yeah, decor. Yeah. Um, you know, Liz is one of the talented makers we get to work with. So we've got some <laughs> of her products for anybody watching on YouTube. There are a couple of products in front of us and she's got many, many more. Um, but how long did it take you from starting woodchip decor kind of in its current form as a side hustle mm-hmm. to, I guess, leaving your old job and going full time?
0: About three years ago is when I was able to say, okay, I'm done. I'm not going back to construction. I'm not going back to, at the time I was working a cabinet shop. I'm not going back to that. Um, Part of that was due to COVID and everyone all of a sudden shopping from their living room. So there was a massive bump. Anyone, it was, you know. Everyone and anyone was shopping online. So that made it a little bit easier because I had all my stuff was already on there. I'd already done at least that part. So by the time things started settling back down and my old boss was like, okay, you can come back. I'm like, ah, not, I'm not coming back. (laughs) Not bother. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, I'd love to, but no. Um,
1: We can still be friends though. Yeah, Yeah. we can still
0: be friends, but that's not happening. Um, (laughs) So I was, I mean, I was preparing for it, but it, Definitely that accelerated a little bit more. Yeah, that's so. great.
1: And people were looking for homewares, home, wares, home yes. decor, which was, it's your category. It's what you do. Liz makes things out of natural wood, but they're modern and geometric in style. Lots mm-hmm. of great colors.
0: Yeah. So I, I try to do most of my stuff as usable items because I'm, I'm not necessarily minimalist, but I do like the idea of not having things that just necessarily always just sit there. I don't want trinkets everywhere. I'd rather have usable things that are also beautiful.
1: Functional art. Exactly. Now let's talk about something specific in your business that you do the hard way. And you still choose to do it maybe harder than you could. And is there a specific reason you you still bother doing it that way?
0: So I try not to do things harder than I have to. Um,
1: fair <laughs> for, enough. For obvious reasons. Yeah, you're balancing a lot and trying to be efficient.
0: Yes. So, but the things that we I do pick to do harder um usually have like there's a reason and there's so like it's it was worth it at the end and part of it would be running this business while taking care of my t- my my daughter instead of sending her to daycare or that kind of thing um that's something i do that's harder it it takes longer to get things done i don't get full work hours um i don't, I don't get full work days there's sometimes where you know you're working on something and it would go so much faster if you could just have like 2 3 hours of solid focus yeah. and you have to split it up into 15 minute 20 minute spin, sprints um but it's worth it because I get to have her with me. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff we do in my business. That's, you know, it's harder, but it's worth
1: it. That's awesome. I mean, what a great exposure for her at two years old and she's going to grow up in your wood shop. That really is uh, amazing. And, and she's lucky. And I imagine from your perspective, you're working with your daughter right there. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be motivational too. Mm -hmm. So good for you to strike the balance. It (laughs) that's, that's tricky. Um, And I'm sure a lot of like entrepreneurs out there can relate Mm -hmm. if they're, if they're listening, the last part of this segment, before we take a quick break, we're going to do something we like to call the cost of convenience. Now this is basically something that people do that saves time or money, but there might be like a hidden cost to it. So can you think of an example out there um, that people do that, they seek convenience and and they may not recognize the hidden cost
0: um well, one for us is um is our food. We tend like most of the time you, you know most people you go to the big box stores, you pick up the stuff, um you pick up whatever food's there. so we tend to do more of the benefit of inconvenience kind of idea where We are growing a lot of our own food, which is great, but it's the inconvenience of you have to grow your own food. Um, And then at the end of the harvest season, you have to preserve all that food so that you have it throughout the year. And we even outside of that, we go to local farms. I don't have enough space on our property to devote to growing all the corn we want, growing all the like growing strawberries. Peaches just don't grow here. They grow down where my sister-in-law lives, but they don't grow here. So being able to buy that in bulk from the farmer Um, and then bring it home. But that means I had to preserve it. Yeah. But the benefit of the, of that inconvenience is we get healthier food. And a lot of times it's a lot better. We still have a little bit of strawberries left from last year. And I kid you not opening that freezer bag. It smells like they just came off the field. So, I mean, it's the inconvenience of having to do that, but that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I'm not gonna lie. It is a lot of work, but it is worth it.
1: Yeah. So good for you. So that kind of counterbalances the the mainstream approach, which-, which
0: is just to go to the grocery store and pick up stuff, which it's picked not at the peak ripeness. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, I have someone that I, am a gardener person that I follow. And she has a phrase that, um, grocery store tomatoes taste like disappointment <laughs> 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 because they are not picked True at fact. the ripeness at the, at the peak ripeness. If you pick a sun ripened from your garden tomato and eat it, right then and there. It will be unbelievably different.
1: Yeah, I'd love to learn more about that, maybe even (laughs) offline, because uh, I'm a gardener myself, uh, not nearly at the level that you are, and uh, I'd love to hear more about the the land you've got, the -hmm. the crops you're growing. Um, And I'm just fascinated by the preservation process through the winter, having strawberries that are picked in season and you're eating them the next spring, You know, and then you're ready basically to eat fresh ones again this Mm -hmm. summer. Uh, It's really phenomenal. So good for you. Uh, We're going to take a really quick break here for anybody watching or listening. Please do subscribe and like and share so we can grow our audience with you fine folks. And we'll be right back with Liz from Woodchip Decor. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Why Bother? the podcast where we explore why creative makers bother doing things the hard way. I'm here with our guest today, Liz Jacques from Woodchip Decor. And if you're listening or watching, first of all, thank you. And please do like or subscribe or share so we can grow our audience. Now we're gonna jump right back into some fun facts about your industry, mm-hmm. which is home decor. Mm-hmm. You're making everything by hand. So it's extra special for people to have these pieces in their house. But there's some some interesting science and, and research on how a like a messy space or an unorganized space can impact your eating, can lead to unhealthy habits, or on the flip side, an organized house can actually lead to spikes in in productivity. Things like color can really influence our mood. Um, how does this relate to your business and what you're doing with wood chip decor?
0: I know personally that if my space is unorganized, then nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting done efficiently of any kind. And as a mom with a two-year-old, you kind of need to make the most of every second you have because you, you know, sometimes it's going to be, you no, know, we now have to sit here for an hour and read the same book for 15 minutes over and over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, and so you're not going to get anything done then. But having an organized space, you just, you feel better getting things done. You feel um, happier getting things done.
1: So there's... Less clutter in your mind when there's less clutter in yeah. your space.
0: So, like, I'll have times where I'm going into my workshop and I have orders all over the place. I've got things that need to get done. I only have a limited amount of time that I can work in there, but like I I know that if it's not organized, I have to stop. I have to stop and I have to organize this because it's just going to be so much harder. It's going to be so much more frustrating to get things done. I'm not going to want to be in there. I'm only going to do the bare minimum to get stuff done. And then I'm going to be scrambling later to try and get things finished versus if I spend, you know, 15 minutes, even an hour cleaning the place, putting things away, then I want to be in there. Like people will come into my shop and they'll say like, wow, this is really clean shop. Like, yeah, because I have I have to get things done in this very specific amount of,
1: amount of time. I've seen those comments on your Instagram post. <laughs> We've made those comments like.
0: That's, wow, it's so clean in there. This, no,
1: this No, that's
0: the way it looks on a regular basis. Yeah. And if it doesn't the look like that. The cleanest wood shop
1: in all of the <laughs> land, folks.
0: A fellow maker who comes out to, to use my laser uh, engraver. And he has... A slightly unorganized workshop <laughs> to, so put, to put nicely. <laughs> um, and he, he admits it, but he'll come out and he'll joke saying like, I don't know where anything is in your shop because it's too clean. <laughs> like I'm used to having like all the tools on every single surface. So it's like, Oh, it's a uh, there. Okay. Scan we're good. The room. It's like, no, it's in the drawer where it's supposed to be because I don't need it on the table. What I need on the table is space so that I can think properly. Yeah. But then at the same time, having color in there is extremely important because it makes you want to be out there. Right? Like I have a a wooden tiled wall, that I did. I didn't need to do that. It took me a long time yeah. to cut out all these little hexagons, router, the edges, stain them, and then apply them to this wall. It took a long time to do that, but it's beautiful. And it's, it, it inspires creativity. It's like, Oh, this is kind of fun. kind of idea
1: gives you a spark every day when you yeah. look at
0: it. And the same thing, like with my daughter, like she's in the workshop with me. Okay. I could have set up a table and chair for her that that's where spot, but I built her a rainbow playhouse in the workshop. And again, it just adds more color. It's more fun. It's like as many places as I can add color. I have a whole bunch of plants to add even more color. And as I get more time, I add a little bit here, a little bit there because the more colorful and exciting it is to be in there, the more I want to be in there. It's more inspiring to be creative in a colorful, organized space. It's
1: amazing how color can trigger things mentally. Yeah. They say like, you know, blue and green colors can be calming or like orange and yellow. Uh would be great in the kitchen apparently because it can stir up your appetite. Mm-hmm.
0: Um oh, I've heard red you shouldn't put in your dining room because it makes you eat more.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> what about your products? Because you talked about color in your wood in your wood shop. Yeah. Um, but color is a big part of what you make.
0: Yeah. Because it's the same sort of idea. Like I try to focus the majority of my products on things that are usable, like usable art basically. Um, because again, it's the more organized, the more you go down the route of being organized, the more you don't necessarily want just clutter. You want knickknacks, that kind of thing. Like there's nothing wrong with having this reminds me of this trip we took together and whatever. You don't necessarily want to have little tchotchkes everywhere. So having usable pieces that are also colorful, that bring that color, bring Mm. that fun, that pop into your house. You can have that bright and colorful space. Even if you can't paint your walls, Yeah, you can still add that color. You can still add that fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love your, your, you know, geometric shapes, your hexagon shelves. Um, You've got the mountain shelves, um, lots of other.
0: Yeah, there's planters, uh, there's air plant hangers, there's trivets, there's coasters, there's trays, there's wine charms, there's uh, the shelves. I have different shelves, different sizes of shelves. I've got mountains, I've got small mountains, large mountains, all different things. And the shelves are a big one that people can just customize to their heart's content because every single shelf can be a different color if they want. I've, I've done one for my, my daughter's uh, room where we did a rainbow.
1: Yeah. I love how they're modular. So you could have, you know, a single hex gun shelf or a group of three and Mm -hmm. it can still look like a honeycomb. Um, So it's really customizable to, to your own space and personality. Let's go back to where this all started for you growing up uh, or early on in your craft, who would you say was your biggest supporter and why would you say that person?
0: Um, My parents, And a funny story is that my dad wanted a boy. I'm an only child.
1: Okay. (laughs) So he
0: was convinced he was at, they, apparently they didn't at they didn't find out what, what, what I was. They were convinced it's a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. And I like, apparently at like a month before I was born, my my mom's like, maybe we should pick a girls. Why, why would we need a girl? Gotta have an option. No, it's no, it's a boy. (laughs) But, uh, he decided to hell with it. I'm just going to teach her anyway. So I got, I was taught how to, um, to build things, uh, renovations, um, to how to use the tools. I was in the workshop. I had my own, a bench so that I could reach the tool bench faster. Um, Amazing. so that, so I was in the workshop with him. I think when I was about 11 or 12, they were so comfortable with me in there that, you know, if I wanted to go do a project, they didn't Power follow me. They the were just deal. like, you go for it kind Amazing. of idea, which is kind of what we're doing with Jean-Marie is to to basically get her used to all these. And she doesn't care. She just wanders around the workshop, does her own thing. She yeah. has her own relocation services. So I don't know where my tools go.
1: Sometimes.
0: <laughs> nice. Drill bits appear in random locations. Um, yeah. So that partly dad was the renovation, all that kind of stuff, gardening. And then mom was in crafts and still is like, like she okay. sews for like three different charities in Ottawa. It's, and on so top cool. of that makes uh, stuff for their craft shows, but she, any craft, that I even hinted or craft that she's like, Oh, this would be fun. Let's try it. It looks like Michael's in my parents' basement. There's so many craft supplies for my maker stuff. It was, it was them. Yeah, it was,
1: you come by it naturally. Obviously yes. uh, you grew up in a very crafty household and family mm-hmm. and different skill sets. They were just like,
0: we're just going to teach her everything.
1: Yeah. And now it's just the, that yeah, was just everything just now. The, now just everyone's the, just like, well, that's just what Liz stuff. knows. Yeah, exactly. And your daughter too. <laughs> yeah. It's. So cool. She mean, just
0: follows with me everywhere I go the same way I did when I was a kid. So. Yeah.
1: Good for your parents to, uh, to be that skilled at things. And then, <laughs> and then great for them to expose you from a very young age mm-hmm. and, and then trust you as you grew up, uh, not even a teenager yet, you know, working yeah. on your own projects. Here's the working. don't so, cut any
0: fingers off, you
1: know? Um, <laughs> so I think we can trust you to make some shelves for our house. Yes. Uh, and, uh, one of the reasons we love carrying your products, mm-hmm. <laughs> to make your house, you are really uh, yeah, a natural, almost like a protege, if you think <laughs> of it that way, growing up so young, uh, working on things. Now, we'd like to just share a couple of tips from your experience running your business, Woodchip Decor, for new makers, aspiring makers, people that want to get into their own business. Can you think of a couple of things that you'd suggest they do or not do?
0: Um, one thing would be to just ask. So if you have a maker that you're following, that you love what they're doing and you're like, I really wish I could be, you know, that much further ahead. I wish I could be doing what they're ask most of the time. We don't still don't know what we're doing. Um, But if we have the any inkling of like, hey, this might help you. A lot of us are more than willing to, to answer those questions. We're more than willing to be like, you know, it's like this is what I did. You can give it a try. I mean, it's working for me on this front. So, you know, why not? That kind of idea. But. My biggest tip would just be find someone that you admire what they're doing, or you think that their business is at a point where you would love to be and just ask questions. Don't okay. don't bombard them. I mean, they are doing something. Or yeah. Busy. Be
1: respectful. Be respectful of their time,
0: with, yeah. but ask questions.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a great tip. There's a big community out there. They've been where you are, you most know, of the time they point. feel like they still
0: are where you are. <laughs> right.
1: Right. <laughs> right. So you'd be surprised at like, they're still dealing with, like you said, challenges that You know, it might be a different version of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's, it can be helpful for them too to, to connect. So Mm -hmm. just tap into that network of support. It's a really good tip. And some things you might be able to share and commiserate over would be like, you know, what's your business, business disaster. Here's a little segue. That's my next question. (laughs) What would be your you know, quote unquote, biggest business disaster that you can recall that, you know, maybe it was bigger in your head than for other people, but.
0: I mean, do I have to answer this? Like, do no, I have you to don't have to admit to, no. to the mistakes that I've made. No, but it's, um, it, it
1: can be helpful for, for people yeah. to hear like, oh man, that's, you know, it's that's like, what oh, I'm going through. Oh, I did that do. too. Exactly. Okay. So it's not
0: just me. It's yeah. I, okay. So we're all doing that. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> we're all doing that. Don't worry. We're, we're all making these mistakes 100%. or at least variations of the same. Um, mine was but put it simply throwing my hands in the air and saying, i have no idea what I'm doing about this time last year, my daughter, when she turned about one years old, that's when it actually hit me as a new mom of, I don't know how to mom. I don't know how to mom. I don't know how to business. I don't know how to person. I have no idea what I'm doing and threw my hands in the air. And my husband and I actually sit down together and we're like, we realized I hadn't taken a break after she was born. I was in the workshop a week after she was born, I was in there and there's nothing wrong with that because I do think it's important as a parent to, to keep your own identity because they joke for, for moms, especially that, um, when you're pregnant, everything's about you. Everything's like everyone's in, interested to in you. The yeah. second the kid is born, yeah. you are entourage. You <laughs> yeah. mean nothing. Yeah. I mean, you do, but you really don't no, at the same time. Like Everyone like the other grandparents. Parents, oh my God, the baby. Yeah. It's like pushing past you and all it, no, they don't. You're just you mom. are the. Yeah. It's like you are so-and-so's mom. No, I am a person outside of this. So that was about the time where I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just and so we, we made the decision that, OK, let's Take a break, take the summer to just relax, play in the garden, be with her, all this kind of stuff.
1: Fill up your bucket again a little bit.
0: Yeah, which again, there's nothing wrong with taking a break. The problem that I was at was that prior to this, my marketing was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Okay. I hadn't, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a, this is what we should have. I didn't have automations. Um, I didn't have systems. I didn't have any templates of anything. I mean, when I posted on Instagram, which was my marketing, which is not marketing, It's <laughs> that is not a marketing plan.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah on Instagram. It's not like, a marketing it's plan. It's like
1: maybe part of a yeah. marketing plan. Yes.
0: Yeah. when he just sends things like posts on Instagram, it was like, oh shoot, it's the morning I need to post today. Yeah. Um, versus having a, you know, this is the product I want to promote this month. Or, you know, I want to do a sale next month. Let's get some stuff prepared for that and make sure that I have um, emails to send to my subscribers or, you know, have like, again, having different posts even to do that, like that kind of marketing plan of any, like there's much greater portion of that. But my biggest fonder was not having a plan where I could take that break, take that time that I needed to be like, I don't know how to people anymore. Right. Um, (laughs) And just go and say, okay, like, let's, let's take a break, but at the same time, not let the business completely flatline.
1: Like last summer. Because everything was was day to day with marketing before that.
0: So like last year it was, if an order came in during the summer, it was, this is fantastic. Awesome. I'll make this but that was it. There was no, you know, making sure that my Etsy algorithm was up to date, making sure that I was actually posting that was, you know, actually had a story and a follow through to it, that seasons. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. All this kind of stuff. And when you're running this kind of thing, you, you have to remember that like, if you're selling to say a shop like maker house, you guys aren't looking for your Christmas stuff at the end of October necessarily. You're, if you're gonna. Be, taking on more stuff, you're probably starting when both shops are looking at like July yeah. and August kind yeah. of thing. Cause yes, this is how long it takes me to make something. Yeah. But you have to remember that they have to plan their, their uh, season as well. Yeah. They have to plan their marketing as well. Um, they have to say, okay, they have to sit down and order your yeah, stuff along with all the other people that they're communicating. Yeah. You have to make it, it has to get to them. They have to, you know, if they're going to put it on their website, they have to get it merchandise, all that kind of stuff. That's not just say, oh, well, end of October, it's Christmas. No, end of October, it's new year's. It's yeah. it's Valentine's day. It's, yeah. we are in next year people.
1: Yeah. yeah. That so, is what marketing and planning marketing is all about. Just being yeah. three to six months ahead and, and seeing the seasons coming for sure. Yeah. So you've managed to navigate through that rut that you found. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm
0: still navigating out of it. I'm still this year's focus has been a lot of setting up those systems so that I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. Um, because by the time I got to the end of the summer last year, it was September and we were in end of like last quarter, end of the year. And it was that's you're still too. flying by the seat of your pants, but sure. you still haven't prepared for that. Um so this year it was like, okay, let's just survive till the end of the year. Yeah. And then we'll we'll actually do a proper, you know, setting up uh, things. Set, every time you have something that you know that you're gonna do more than once, make it a template, make it a system, make it like automated if you possibly can. If you can, that's the best part because then
1: you just don't have to worry about that. I could totally relate to that. Uh, maker House early on, we were also flying by the seat of our pants. And over the years, you know, you do evolve. And it's mm-hmm. really about just iterating every year, being Good. a little bit more organized, learning about new automations. Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought that up. I think it could be really helpful for any makers who might be yeah. listening. Yeah. And
0: these, most people, most makers go into this like, I love sewing. That's fantastic. I love that for you. But a business that's not making money is an expensive hobby. So if you like, Yes, you could. You, you're selling it, but you're selling something you're doing for like you're, you're selling the occasional thing you make for fun at that point. Right. You actually setting up all of these things, turns it into an actual business and something that you can, you know, I need to take the weekend off. OK, well, then you can take the weekend off because your business is not, not going to flatline because you haven't done anything. Yeah, you got
1: post scheduled or emails going out. So yeah. really great tip and reflecting on a hard time in your business yes. and how you, you you've come through it. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the last part of our interview here with Liz on Why Bother. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Why Bother, the podcast where we explore why creative makers like Liz here from Woodchip Decor bother doing things the hard way. Mm -hmm. We're actually focusing right now on the fun way of sampling some chocolate from our store. So for those of you listening, we're gonna do our best to describe what we're eating. This is a segment we like to do with each of our guests. We're trying Liz's pick today. And by the way, it's actually Liz's birthday today. (laughs) Just found out. So happy birthday, Liz. We won't sing to you or embarrass you too much. But uh, for those of you who are watching, it's not going to be your birthday when we post this. But do drop a happy birthday in the comments. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I love that you mentioned uh, we talked about marketing plan and you're really on the ball now because you're having like a birthday (laughs) sale. Buy one, get one. Buy
0: one, get one half off because my My daughter on my birthday is today and in 10 days, my daughter's birthday. So in between the two birthdays, I'm running a buy one, get one half off because me and my mini me
1: super cute, super (laughs) cute. It was adorable. So I was like, great marketing plan. (laughs) You're all over it. And that won't be active when we post this video. But I bet you if you stay tuned next June, which is when we're filming, then you probably can get it in all little (laughs) mini me action with uh, with Chip Decor. Stay tuned. Definitely follow her. We're going to try some chocolate from Peace by Chocolate. They're based in Antigonish Nova Scotia. Wonderful story of Syrian refugees who came to Canada and restarted their chocolate factory that they had in Syria. So thank you for picking this because I get to taste it too. And today we're trying their pride bar, which is one of their chocolate bars infused with hazelnuts. (gasps) Oh, good. So cheers.
0: I didn't cheer, So I just dug in
1: <laughs> Yeah, as you should. It's your birthday. I'm sorry. Mm. We don't have candles for you. That's okay. What do you think? What's uh really good overall impressions?
0: <laughs> I've had this up before and I've really like it because so it's a nice creamy chocolate.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've been mm. making chocolate for a long time. And um, one of the things I love about piece by chocolate is their branding and their mm. marketing and how they take the bars and they'll use it to raise money.
0: I like the the packaging that they do. Cause it's always, it's, it's not just a, we sell chocolate. It's, we sell chocolate and we have all these beautiful things. We support all these beautiful it, I like, I like how, I mean, I mean color, I'm very into color and yeah. I love how colorful our chocolate bar wrappers even are. So yeah.
1: Yeah. They it's do so a fun. great job. Thank you for picking chocolate today Yes, and oh, happy birthday. Colors. Thank you. We're going to ask you about your own biggest hobby outside of work. We've been learning a lot about wood chip decor and how you do balance. Your work life, your family life, mm-hmm. how you transition from your career in construction and renovation into running your own business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you let off steam? Do you even have time for a hobby?
0: <laughs> uh, it's not so much a hobby, as so much an obsession now. So when we moved to our property, I said we got, we made sure to have a spot that had an exterior building for my workshop. I was like, okay, I'm going to set up a garden. So I just had some random material that I just kind of threw together uh, my mom bought me dirt for bur- for my birthday. So yeah.
1: <laughs> it's your dirt day.
0: Yes. It's fantastic. I, I get dirt and gravel <laughs> for, my, for birthdays. It's fantastic. I, yeah. Everyone's like, that's a weird gift. That's a wonderful yeah. gift. A you
1: wonderful know how expensive gift. good dirt is? It yeah. is.
0: It's very expensive. Um, so Especially yeah. when you have
1: a farm, a big space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we I set up three, four little beds and they totaled about 32 square feet. And I grew more tomatoes than I knew what to do with, more cucumbers I knew what to do with. At that point, I didn't know how to can, I didn't know how to pressure can, I didn't know how to dehydrators. Uh, We had a little tiny freezer that was for the most part, to be honest, filled with boxes of stuff from the freezer, from the grocery store. Right, right, right. Um, So I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this. And it's the, one of the people that I follow for my gardening, she has a saying that, uh, you don't grow meals, you grow ingredients. So you kind of need to learn how to cook. Right. I wasn't at that point, I was just gardening. But since then we've gone from, two square feet then the next expansion was 700 square feet Whoa. then it went from that to about we now have about 2,000 square feet oh, plus a 8 by 16 foot greenhouse plus the amount of g- grass that dan has to cut on a regular basis continues to shrink That's because good. i continue to build more
1: gardens <laughs> yeah yeah so it's still a lot of work yeah um, but you can do some winter gardening in the greenhouse
0: yeah so this is this is the first year we've actually had it fully set up. So I was able to, I had like a little grow table in my kitchen to start my seedlings. And then we were able to move it out. Um, we're, there's still a few spots to seal in the greenhouse. Cause I was, I built that out of cedar logs and branches and, and oh, good stuff for you. old windows. Um, it would have been built a lot faster if I'd bought a kit, but I didn't want a kit. I wanted mine. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. something that was, that was scratch, pretty DIY. That's, so that's, your, that's, uh, your that's whole kind animal. of what I do. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so it's, we, we now grow a good portion of the food that we eat. Um, I've got, I've actually got to the point where I'm now, I've got mom friends from some of Jean-Marie's play groups that are, I'm now teaching them how to plant to grow. Cool. they, they started, they're like, I think I want to start a garden. I'm like, my grow tables already set up. And they
1: looked at me and said, you're teaching us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've hi. been recruited, volunteered. <laughs> hi, how
0: you doing? So, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely an obsession. I have been planting out my garden this year for the, probably the past month. And I still have plants in the greenhouse that need to go in a, yeah. space that's not prepared yet. When you so. have
1: 2,000 square feet, it yeah. Takes and that, quite a while to get things that doesn't
0: consider the like 300 square feet of flowers, flower space in the front garden. That, wow. That's just the ornamental food. stuff. That's yeah. just the food spot. Yeah. That's not the ornamental spot.
1: Yeah. Good for you. And so, all while obviously running a business and raising yeah. a young daughter as well. So I can relate. I am a small time gardener. <laughs> I have about 100 square feet, <laughs> uh, but you we get a lot in done and, in that. Yeah. It's a good urban garden in our backyard here mm-hmm. in Ottawa. I'm a member of the Facebook group, Edible mm-hmm. Ottawa uh, which I highly recommend. It's not like the magazine Edible Ottawa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a community group for gardeners, uh, people who grow food edibles, mm-hmm. and you gain so many tips. And if you just have like a question about whether it's like bugs or what is this plant? I didn't yeah. put it in my soil and it came back. Then the people there are amazing. Um, how to keep the squirrels out. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we could have a whole episode about this, but i'm really glad that you uh highlighted your journey into gardening and, and yeah. it's exploding you're like peak obsession right yes
0: now. yes so maybe i will have to
1: like visit or get some pictures one day because it'll be inspirational for me to see that and you live know, vicariously you come
0: take a look at the workshop too because that's what people do they go from the garden to the workshop and it's kind of ping pong around the yard it's kind of fun
1: you're like a modern day homesteader yes. and i love it i'm so <laughs> here for it so let's wrap up by telling people Where they can find you. Um, It was so great to share your story about woodchip decor. Um, Where can people follow you and see what you're up to? Uh,
0: Well, okay. So the website is woodchipdecor.com. So you can find all the stuff we have there. And then for social, the place we post the most um, is Instagram. I do a little bit of posting on Facebook, but most of the people that are my customers that follow me are on Instagram. So that's where I focus. Awesome. And that's uh, wood underscore chip underscore decor okay so
1: on instagram um, sounds good yeah get out there and follow her how did you come up with the name by the way it's
0: yeah i don't know (laughs) people (laughs) ask me that all the time i'm like i
1: you were covered in sawdust probably
0: well i'm covered in sawdust all the time it's may to to october there's dirt as well because of the garden but no um It's, uh, I don't know, honestly, I started, actually, I started a YouTube channel that was Woodchip Liz, and then that morphed into Woodchip Decor, the actual business of it. Um, And I honestly don't know where it came from.
1: It's kind of been part of your life since you were young. Yeah, uh, it just. In the woodshop with your dad making, making furniture and stuff. So, uh, Woodchip Liz from Woodchip Decor (laughs) and Gareth from Maker House. Thank you for tuning in to Why Bother. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next time. and, And please do like, subscribe and share. See you soon.